Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off ends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. You know, I've been having this reoccurring dream and I just been, I guess it happens like almost every other night. And I guess, uh, I don't know, I guess I'll, it's my podcast. I might well just uh bring it up and just uh it, it's funny to me i don't know but I don't, but anyway so i am in this dream i am part of a campaign for this air force pilot <laughs> and he's running for office for congress of whatever he's running for some office whatever and he he works night shift <laughs> and so because of that he can't you know, do like the normal uh, trips and events during the day because he's normally sleeping or whatever. So I, I'm just telling you all this because this is what I remember from the dream. But anyway, in that, because of that, we do these campaign events um, at people's houses, at their, you know, at their homes and whatever. And we would go to these people's home and he would go there and instead of like talking with everyone he'll pass out on the couch and sleep <laughs> and this kept happening over and over again in every dream and i'm the one having to babysit him basically having to do all the work and everything while he sleeps on the couch i mean because he's tired because he worked night shift anyway the last dream i had which makes me want to bring it up is um he was in the house, but I guess, I don't know, something happened in the dream. I can't remember. You know, you know how dreams are. But anyway, he went outside and slept on the porch. And the, the I, yeah, the last, yeah, in the last dream, I, I woke up. The last thing I remember as far as waking up is that he was out on the porch, laid out on the, on the porch, sleeping. And then all of a sudden, um, a cat hits the window, turned to find out the cat was disturbing his sleep and he threw the cat through the window and i don't know i i know that's if you're coming on here listening to trench chat like what did you talk about but hey you know this is my podcast and i wanted to bring this up so anyway um yeah so on this episode 
we have Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with us. So stick with us and welcome to Trend Chat. highways of america here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment some culture and this and that from the road to your ears this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe and welcome to another episode of trend chat we are live here on saturday december 12th if i'm not mistaken um so we are in Oklahoma City, and again, this is Trend Chat. Listening, I guess on TrendChat247.com, especially live. Actually, I don't know how that works. When I go live, I rarely go live, but I have plenty of time. So, and to be quite honest, I don't feel like recording it and then going through the process. I say, you know, I might well just go live, um, <laughs> but um. I don't know how I don't know how it works when I'm live. Does it stream live on the other podcast outlets? Cause so on top of Trend Chat being on on TrendChat247.com, also available on most popular podcast outlets. So whether it's on Amazon Music or Google Play, iTunes, I don't know. At, at right now, at this time, is are people you know? Let me know. So our email is uh, TrendChat247 at gmail.com and so i don't know how that works when i'm live depending if how many people are listening to this live but um because <laughs> i know it's live on trenchat247.com i know it's there but when i when i go live does it just wait till i finish and then it uploads on the on the other podcast outlets or not i don't know send in a chat because if you're listening on trenchat247.com you can chat and tell me how it works there as well and i'll keep saying trendchat247.com just to kind of drill it in your head um but um but yeah so yeah thanks for listening if um you know social media at you know at trendchat247 is on snapchat and that's it right now <laughs> uh, but everything else as far as twitter instagram um well trendchat247 is also on facebook and snapchat but everything else as far as Twitter and Instagram is at Brian L. Bledsoe. So as I said, we're going to have Rick Green on. This is an interview that was a, uh, done a couple of weeks ago, actually, when in the last episode, when I said I was in Nevada at the Constitutional Defense course and got a chance to speak with Rick. And so we talked for about half an hour. So you're going to uh, get that interview, interview coming up. But um, before I really get into this. I definitely want to mention because um, in the time between these episodes, we, you know, I learned about um, the death of Walter Williams and it's something, well, I mentioned about this on the Blexit Texas podcast that I am a part of every Sunday on Facebook, on the Blexit Texas Facebook page. And I was able to talk about, um, as far as beating Walter Williams a couple of years ago. And as I 
posted on social media that those were a very you know even though it was a few minutes it was a very influential few minutes because what he said to me in those in those couple of minutes we talked um are a big part of as far as what i do on this podcast now so he was um doing a, a lecture at smu and i've never heard him spoke i never been anywhere in the same room as walter williams at that time and so i try i rushed to get there and i i missed about half of his lecture um you know being on the road and i was trying to get back <laughs> to the to dallas in time but i i just couldn't make it i think if i'm not mistaken i think there was traffic and then also trying to find the actual place in smu where it was because i think yeah cause i remember this because i was driving i was in my truck and i parked at a walgreens and uh around smu and then i had to walk around smu i remember walking past the football stadium and walking around trying to find the actual hall uh where it was going on and so that took about 15 20 minutes i remember that part I, most of what i missed came to that because driving a truck is kind of hard to you can't just park you know the truck like a car um so a lot of times they're either low bridges or low clearance and whatever like that. So I have to find a place to park and that would allow me to park that won't, you know, tow the truck or whatever like that. Cause I've had that happen before, but anyway, all that happened. And so I missed about the first half of his lecture, but I came in at the end and, uh, after he finished, he stuck around and you know took pictures and talked with, with people. And, and actually I got a chance to meet, uh, Eric July, who um, who's been on, well, he's on Blaze TV uh, quite often on the news and why it matters, and uh, I think in other programs as well. And he has his own, you know, YouTube channel, uh, Young Ripper Nine, well, Young Ripper Fifty Nine, I think. But uh, actually, I hope to get him on to talk about movies and comic books and stuff like that, as well as politics. And so I got a chance to meet him while we were meeting Walter Williams. And so when I got my chance to take my picture and to talk with them. I, re uh, I remember I was set to do a speaking engagement for, uh, for Republican women of Arlington. And I was supposed to, you know, say a few words during that event for, cause politics were a part of that was, you know, a part of that uh, event. And they asked me to say a few words before, um, before they came up and that was going to be my first, ever speaking engagement <laughs> and this was maybe i think about a, a couple of weeks before that was going to happen and my question to walter williams were you know what what you know what do you what advice do you have for someone like myself because he just did a lecture for about an hour and i'm about to do my first one and he's you know done you know countless <laughs> Um, plenty of speak public speaking engagements and i want to ask him what advice would he give someone that's going to do it for the first time and so when i asked him that he said something like i said that was very influential even though it was very simple he just said know what you're talking about like i remember that <laughs> because that as simple as that was it really was something where i took into that speaking engagement a couple of weeks later but also for this podcast, because there are some times where as far as topics go and I just 
sometimes I want to go into certain things that I don't know too much about really. And, or, you know, maybe have questions about, so I kind of just stick with what I know for the most part. <laughs> and so I, that's kind of a, a philosophy of something I kind of stuck with for this particular podcast. And so, yeah, so, um, that's my only interaction with uh, Walter Williams. And so, but on top of, you know, I shared a lot of his uh, clips from his speeches. I've been, you know, it, him and uh, as well as uh, Thomas Sowell in particular. And I, I mentioned those two because I remember when I first, I guess, really got engaged with all of this as far as politics. Um, it was Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams on top of many others. But I, I remember those two in particular because for one, they were much older and I regretted that I weren't, you know, that I didn't know about them sooner. And so here we are, you know, with Walter Williams that, you know, just passed. And it just, because by the time I came around, even though I've been reading their previous work, but I just wish I would have knew, knew about them, you know, a lot, you know, years ago, decades ago when they were still um, doing what they what they were doing and all. So, but, um, so that, yeah, so that was my, um, my brief interaction with Walter Williams and he definitely will be missed. But I, one thing I will say, he has been a great influence for not only for myself, but plenty and you know, not only just black conservatives, just conservatives in general. And I, if I'm, if I remember, I think Thomas Sowell had a, um, he was being interviewed and he was mentioned about at one time, which is not the case now, but at one time, as far as when it comes to black libertarians or conservatives, that it was really just him, Thomas So and Walter Williams. And I think the joke that he was saying is that, you know, they can't, they need to make sure they're not on the same plane, on the same plane with one another. Cause if, if it goes down, the whole movement <laughs> will be lost. And, um, like I said, that's not the case now. I mean, we have plenty now that, uh, especially through the influence of Thomas Sowell and, and the late Walter Williams that, um, it's, there is definitely, it, their legacy is going to live on through, um, pl you know, plenty of people with like podcasts like this. So, so, I you know want to say just rest in peace to Walter Williams and really uh you know just um like I said his legacy will live on This is Trend Chat with your host Brian Bledsoe So you want to keep America great, but you don't know where to go to get some Trump-centric gear? Check out TrumpMug.com. And if you put in the code TRENDCHAT, you get 10% off. So at TrumpMug.com, they have flags, coins, mugs, of course. So go to TrumpMug.com, put in the code TRENDCHAT, get 10% off. Again, TrumpMug.com with the code TRENDCHAT for 10% off. This is Lacey Williams, the founder and president of Expressions Magazine, letting you know that you can order our quarterly magazine, and support female conservatives by visiting express-conservatism.com or you can follow us on social media. 
on Instagram with the username of expressions underscore conserve mag or on Twitter with the handle of at express underscore conserve. Get your copy today. Trenchant is proud to be a part of the Hashtag Life Tribe of Cultural Life as they seek to celebrate life through the world of fashion. Go to col1972.com and get 10% off your purchase when you enter the code TRENCHAT. Alright, so, uh, <laughs> see that what happens when I go live. Every now and then there's always, you know, something. So that... <laughs> And actually, if I didn't say that, you probably wouldn't even notice that something happened. But I try to keep it real with y'all. So <laughs> um, just trying to do something and then turn out having to <laughs> having that go longer than I than I anticipated. So but anyway, just um, now I know maybe it's some people that don't because I'm not going to assume that everyone knows about especially not only the election that just happened in November, but also there were runoffs that was going on because you got one that's, that's um, coming up in Georgia at the first of the year. And, but I just want to talk about a particular one that's super local. <laughs> we're talking about city council for, for myself. So there was a runoff in the city council um, for Arlington, Arlington, Texas. And so, and that was on this pre this past Tuesday. And unfortunately, I, I must say that I missed my chance to vote, which was really stressing me out in the sense. Of, it was just racking in my brain like, man, I really tr I tried to get back in town during early voting and I missed it by an hour. <laughs> I got back in town on Friday this previous Friday and the polls closed at seven and I got there at like seven thirty, <laughs> So I missed it for early voting. And then, um, on election day, I was still out of town, but I was trying to get back and I didn't make it at all because at that time I was in Laredo and I just couldn't, um, uh, again, I would have gotten back up to Dallas around 10. And so anyway, I missed my chance to vote and I, was wondering i was really because i mean when it comes to runoffs especially we're talking about city council we ain't talking about a, a runoff for even senate i mean like i said this is a real local race and so i know every vote really really counts i mean it could be it can it can come down to one or two votes because who are how many people are actually really going to be paying attention to a city council runoff vote it barely pay attention to if it's just a general. So, and so, the, and the two candidates, I mean, they were just like total opposites. So you had the incumbent who, who is, I would say, you know, conservative because I mean, in city councils, you don't like have Republican and Democrat. So you just basically have to go by the ideology of the, of the candidate. So you had like a conservative against the socialist, basically, uh, I would say borderline racist in the sense of some of the stuff he was saying, and so I really didn't want, you know, the incumbent to lose in this, even though I didn't know much about her. And if you've listened to previous episodes, I, you know, when it comes to myself, my, 
my own personal philosophy when it comes to um to voting in particular i'm more so voting against someone as opposed to voting for someone and i know i definitely didn't want no that guy the socialist <laughs> the guy to, to um um to win for city council anyway all that being said um it, it was a landslide so the incumbent won so i was glad she won but um i was nervous for a second because i was thinking i didn't know if it was going to be tight because the fact that they went to a runoff anyway i was um concerned so but um you know in talking about these runoffs just everything that's happened since the november election the number november 3rd election is the um like with the election as far as for my want to hear some inside scoop if your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are you gotta check out kohl's i got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks jansport backpacks for 25 percent off and 30 percent off levi's jeans for me i even saved an extra 15 percent and picked up kohl's cash so yeah not sure who's more excited right now me or the girls select styles 15 percent off friends august 15th levi's coupons do not apply some exclusions apply see store calls account for details still personally because as a truck driver it's um when you have these unexpected events like a runoff or like the legal challenges and all in the you know lawsuits and i've mentioned about texas you know having their suit um, rejected on friday and um later on but uh with all this that's going on so you have these support rallies for the president that are going on and then you like I say you have the runoffs, especially in Georgia, and people are going there to volunteer and to um, give their time and to knock on doors and make phone calls and all that down in Georgia. I mean, I know plenty of people who are living in Texas that you know went down to went down to Georgia to help out as far as um, door knocking and everything. And so for me, that's very difficult. So I haven't been able to do any of that because as a truck driver for myself in particular, uh, like my schedule is planned out like maybe two or a month or two in advance. So any, so if there's any unexpected event that happens, it kind of throws my whole schedule out of, out of whack. So, cause like as of right now, I already have everything scheduled out to like February in the sense, cause um, I have, I know I'm going to take time off for Christmas. Then I'm going to be planning to go to the March for life at the end of January. And then now I just found out CPAC is going to be in Orlando on at the end of February. So even though I've said that I wasn't going to go mainly because the time for March for life and CPAC tends to be so close together, but now they're, they're further apart. They're a month apart almost. And also it's not going to be in DC. It's going to be in Orlando. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to go to, to CPAC. So anyway, like I'm saying, my schedule is already being, you know, set right now all the way to like the first of March already. And so with that, I'm, I haven't been able to um, try to carve out time if I wanted to go to Georgia in particular to help out. And so also with that, it also made it difficult for me to get back in town for the runoff election for city council. Now, here I am. I don't sat here and spent like five minutes to talk about missing the opportunity to <laughs> to vote as a truck driver, trying to drive thousands of miles to try to get back in town to vote. Meanwhile, 
you have plenty of people who live who live in Arlington who probably could walk across the street to vote and and didn't vote. <laughs> and um, you know, and those are the same people that'll be out there complaining about what's going on but do nothing about it. Or, or just vote every, you know, 4 years at the most. And so, anyway, it just <laughs> and and also just to give a um a picture as far as the um as far as how the this runoff went in in Arlington. So the population of Arlington is like over 400,000. And you had 10% of the so well hold on, let me take the back. So the population is over 400,000. Now in the November election um 100,000 in Arlington voted. So now out of that hundred thousand now the hundred thousand that actually voted in the general only ten percent of that hundred thousand voted in the city council runoff which was like uh temporary which was like ten thousand people so ten thousand people basically made the decision for over close to half a million people in Arlington in this runoff as far as one of those positions in the city council. So, so yeah, um, just think about that. <laughs> I mean, but that's how it normally goes, especially, like I said, when it comes to city councils, most people don't even pay attention. They don't go to town halls or whatever. But like I said, they'd be the first person, you know, people that want to complain about it. And then when you ask them to do something as far as um, to uh, about whatever that's going on, they're complaining about, they're like, oh, I got, I can't do this or whatever like that. All right, fine. Just keep keep complaining whatever so uh <clears throat> now before we get to our interview with uh rick i had one other thing and i'm gonna try to make this quick because i'm probably gonna bring this up again um probably in the next episode so i'm probably not gonna get too much into it um but i know if you've been paying attention to the news you probably have been hearing about the progress of of the COVID vaccine that they're you know getting to the point where they're able to distribute it to um, to everyone and you know Operation Lightspeed and all of that and so here we are and we're basically now we're going to be moving in one way or another to the fight of 2020 really was about like the mask mandate. And everyone was just, you know, whether uh, talking about just the government in particular, just how they want to enforce people to wear a mask and all of that. And now, as we go into 2021, as much as people feel like it's funny seeing how people just can't wait for 2020 to end, like 2021 is just going to be just like a light switch and everything will be back to normal. <laughs> Like nothing's really going to change too much once we go to 2021. But anyway, um, so now we're going to be moving into the whole issue about vaccine mandates. And as of right now, like I don't see a like a, a overall vaccine mandate, even with a Biden Harris administration, as it seems like we're getting closer, closer to that um, being a reality. Even with Biden Harris at this at this moment in history, moment in time, right now, we're not 
I don't see we're going to have like a, a, a vaccine mandate. Now that could change in about a, in a year, but not right now. At this point, I think what's going to happen is going to happen basically is when it came to the mass mandates. So one, you're going to have you know, big businesses, you know, your Walmarts, your Amazons, your, well, Amazon don't have stores like that, but, um, or your targets and, you know, your big retailers, um, they're going to be the ones that are essentially going to be enforcing vaccinations in a sense, especially if, especially amongst their employees. I can just see that happening really quick. And you're going to have all these businesses that are going to comply and essentially enforce vaccinations through commerce. So you can easily see this happening in the next year or so where you can't shop if you don't have a card saying that you were vaccinated to come in um, or go to the movies or anything public, you know, will be subjected to you being vaccinated. That can easily happen through the businesses. So you can, you will have the government saying like, look, we're not going to mandate, but in the same sense, we're still going to end the we're going to backdoor mandate <laughs> these vaccinations by putting pressure on businesses to enforce vaccinations by doing it by going it through business so they're going to threaten businesses as far as um or incentivize and so like if you uh, if you um require vaccinations the government will say something like we'll give you x you know we'll give you this incentive or this subsidy or whatever like that to these businesses and that and that will incentivize the businesses to require uh, vac uh, vaccinations. Now, this the well first is, I think it will go as far as for employees. That's where I think it's going to hit first. You know, it's going to be they're going to require all the employees. Think about someone. Uh, think about a business like Walmart. Walmart would require all of their employees. I think there's they are the um, number one employer in in the United States, I think. And think about them telling all their employees that they have to be vaccinated to continue working. <laughs> and I hope you don't hear this and think that's, that's crazy because it'd be just like how what they're doing now with everyone wearing masks. And after the employees, I said after that, then it will transition into, especially if you get to the point where you got vaccine cards and all that and, and you have all these businesses across the board that are pushing that, okay, to shop at our store, you have to be vaccinated or something like that. Now, that part right there, I think would take some time because I can imagine the backlash that would happen <laughs> um, from um, from everyone. A lot of people, even people who are pro-vaccination, I would think would probably be against that. Not too many, but um, but yeah. But I'm thinking about employees in general. I'm thinking about myself as a truck driver. I don't know the company that I drive for right now will say the same thing. And I have to really consider that because I know I'm not looking to get vaccinated. <laughs> I'm not looking to take that vaccine. I don't get the flu vaccine. I'm not looking to get this vaccine. But I can, you know, 
I can see the company I drive for. They're one of the big major trucking companies. I can see them falling in line and basically, um, you know, requiring all everyone to be vaccinated. And I would be subject to either be vaccinated or lose my job. And that's something I've been thinking about because it, it might come down to that. And look, you're listening to this. I think you should really think about that. I, I know there's a lot of people on um, social media right now. Kind of, you know, we all kind of joking about it, but really think about it because when the re reality hits, it's not going to be easy to make that decision because when they, when it comes to, especially you making, <laughs> making a living and they say you have to be vaccinated. Like, do you have options to find another place? Do you have the savings to withstand, you know, quitting your job? I mean, especially right now with so many that have been out of work because of COVID. I mean, that is something you really have to consider. And it's something I'm, I'm thinking about right now. And because are you going to stand on the principle of not taking it to the point to where you are willing to lose your job? Because of that, I mean, I, like I said, I know it's easy to say right now, but think about what all comes with that. Like I said, you're going to be out of work. You're going to have to have your savings in and all that or whatever, have some sort of plan. So I would just say at least have a plan if you're not planning to, because look, I mean, when it comes to this vaccine, Democrats in particular, especially, <laughs> um, they see the power that they can wield with this and to use it for more control and they're going to use it especially if you like i said we have a biden and harris administration they're going to use this power they want this power <laughs> so now that now that they have it and to use this vaccine as a method to <laughs> to basically make you fall in line to comply they're going to take it um i don't know if it's going to happen in the next year or two or whatever like that but I can very well see this going down this route. It's just going to, you know, especially it's going to take um, as far as whether it's protests or whatever like that. But it's going to be a, a, a fight, an uphill battle to fight against all this, like this administration, upcoming administration that that could um, that will be in power. And along with all these bureaucrats from federal to local that are very much empowered by having a having the, the Democrat party who it's all about, you know, regulations and bureaucracy. And, and so they're going to be empowered to wanting to do these mandates. So you got to really consider what you're going to, um, what's, uh, what's going to happen. So, I mean, I mean, cause there, you know, there's a great number of people who are going to just let this happen to, <laughs> to everyone you know, they're going to be plenty of people just like when it comes to talking about masks going to be like, Oh, just take the vaccine. That's don't, don't, don't worry about it. Just take the vaccine. Don't, you know, that, um, help you, help your fellow man. I, I mean, there's going to be plenty. You're going to have all of media, all your favorite football, basketball player, your favorite actor and actress. They're going to be on there pleading and talking about saying, but you need to take the vaccine for all of us. You know, it's the right thing to do and all that. All that's going to happen definitely going to see that happen and i mean that's going to be like i said a great number of people who are just going to let it happen who you know care nothing about freedom so you know so they can feel quote-unquote safe you know choosing you know, a peaceful slavery of compliance 
because they fear freedom. And, you know, all this for a virus with a small mortality rate. I mean, there are deadlier viruses in the past, but now people care so little about their freedom and foolishly hand over more and more control to the government. And as I, like I just kind of mentioned just a minute ago, like my favorite quote is, you know, I prefer a dangerous freedom over a peaceful slavery, but that's not the case with a lot of people. I mean, we just saw that in the previous election. So, I mean, we, the people have taken freedom um, for granted in this country. I mean, there's so many here who are like, look, I'm just going to I say it. Look, there's so many ignorant parasites that are just sucking the life out of this country. I mean, to the point like, oh, OK, the TV said guns are bad so well we shouldn't have guns or like oh someone has more money than me so that means um you know we should should you know vote for someone and so they can take it from them or something like that i mean so many people just like want to be dictators and basically want to be like china and just force people to do what they want i mean they're fully willing and able to sacrifice their rights as well as others by their votes and for convenience and i mean honestly it's just it's a it's sickening really to, i mean but that's that's where we are and and you know in the end all they'll say is that uh well you know it was you know when they see the damage right when they realize the damage that they've done and the consequences of just because of choosing so much safety and security over freedom and liberty. And if they live long enough to see the destruction and the damage and the consequences of that, it's, and at that time it'll be too late. Right. But at that time, they'll still probably be comforted in their head and just say, well, I just did it because, you know, it was for our safety. This is trend chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's Civics Education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our Educational Meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hey everybody, it is Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. You are listening to Trend Chat with my man, Brian Bledsoe. Come on with it. We here at Trend Chat, we are proud to be part of the 1776 Militia. Check out 1776united.com. They have a wide array of clothing, hats, shirts, art, and more that is fiercely patriotic and stylish to match. Go to 1776united.com, and if you put in the code TRENDCHAT, you get 20% off your first purchase. Again, 1776united.com, put in the code TRENDCHAT for 20% off. All right, so I, okay, I said I wasn't going to talk much about that, but I, I did what I normally do. I rant. That's what I did. So anyway, we're out, you know, we're not going to, 
a matter of fact, I'm not even going to like go into introduction because it might turn to another rant. So anyway, we're going to go straight into our interview. So without further ado, here is the interview with America's Constitution coach, Rick Green. Hello, this is Trent Chat. And we are very pleased to have America's Constitution coach, Rick Green, with us. And we're going to talk about um, just a course that I did recently in Nevada and also just some other things, a little bit about the election and other stuff. So, Rick, how are you doing? Hey, man, doing well. It was great having you with us last week. What a great time. And uh, glad to be with you here on your podcast. So before we get anywhere with the interview. I just- so then I dropped some garlic and croutons on there, and the rest is salad history. I made the best salad ever, people, and now I'm making the best app. The Caesar Sportsbook app got live in-game betting, parlays, and Caesar rewards. Caesar salad ain't got nothing on my app. Nothing! Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat 1-888-532-3500. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app. Your app is ready, Emperor. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Just want to mention that a collaborator of yours, David Barden, um, he is pretty, he has much influence as far as this podcast even being created because we were national delegates in 2016 up in Cleveland. No kidding. And yeah. And so at that time, I was just writing. Um, I wasn't writing a lot, but that's, if anything, as far as outside of just posting stuff on social media, I would write articles for Politichick, um, Politichicks from time to time. Oh, yeah. So, um, and while I was at the convention, um, I was informed because that was my first time at the national convention, uh, or any convention, actually, because, um, even state convention was my first time that year. But, um, at that time, I was informed that people who are national delegates, um, tend to move on to other things <laughs> or something just because I guess doors open up or something like that. You know, I didn't know that's what I was being told while I was there. And so we were, because of the security, we were transported by bus from the hotel, you know, every day. And, you know, it was like, like the security was, was just tight. And while we was on the bus, I find myself to be sitting next to David Barton. Um, a, a couple of times in those bus rides and those bus rides turned, <laughs> turned out to be kind of long because stuff was going on. And so we didn't like, even though we was a couple of blocks away, it would take like 30 minutes to get to the, to the no hotel. Kidding. So, so you in got that to time, a little bit. So, yeah. So, but yeah, so in that time, um, we talked uh, and 
I brought up to him about about you know doing something else or doing something more. And he was, you know, in the in the times that we talked, he was encouraging me to do more, to do something. And I didn't know what that what that was, but that thing was this podcast. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm glad to hear that, man. Well, that's pretty cool. You got to spend that time with him too. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I I haven't had him on before, and I haven't spoke with him since. But if whenever I would, I would mention to him, you know, the fact that I'm doing the podcast, and like you were, and, and other people who I was talking to at that time were, you know, an, an encouragement for me to do this. That's awesome, man. Now, I wanted the, I guess, when I really thought about having you on uh, for this interview was really. Uh, on the first night when uh, you did your lecture and you had this quote at the end and where you were talking about John Quincy Adams and you, you brought up the quote, you know, duty is ours, results are God's. And from that, I like, I really want, I, mean, I already wanted to have you on, but like, I really want to have you on to talk about that in particular. So if people that don't know, because I know you, you mentioned it in your lecture about that particular quote, because that's one of my favorite quotes. Like I have two favorite quotes when it comes, especially in politics in particular, is that quote, the duty is ours, results of God's, or I prefer dangerous slavery over peaceful, uh, dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. Those are my two favorite quotes. And so uh, for the people that don't know, uh, what was the story behind that? Yeah, man. In fact, it, it, it felt like we were um, we were on such the same page all week long. I'd, I'd, I'd look at your shirts and your hoodies and go, man, that's something I've said to my kids just recently or that we talked about around the fire. And uh, it was just kind of cool to see how much uh, how much we shared the same passion uh, for the country and the same tone, kind of the same attitude. And, you know, that that duty is ours. Results are God's is such an important mindset. If you're going to try to have influence on the culture. It takes time, you know, and, the, and there are often things that we fight for that we don't get to enjoy the results. Uh, in fact, uh, just the other night on our on our uh, live Constitution class, Tim Barton said something to the effect of, you know, we're planting seeds uh, that are going to grow trees, the shade of which we will never get to sit under. And so we're we're doing things that. Um, are for the next generation, quite literally, and, and, and we're fighting battles that, that we may not get to see the fruit of that labor. And that mindset, that attitude, we sort of learned and, and adopted from John Quincy Adams. He was a guy that uh, was president of the United States, uh, first father-son you know, presidential team, so his dad had been the second president, John Adams, and then John Quincy Adams was the sixth president, and, and he lost his reelection campaign, re- really, really close race. Uh, when he was first elected in 1824, in fact, he, he was uh, chosen by – he didn't win the Electoral College or the popular vote, but nobody got the majority in the Electoral College, so it, it went to the House, and, and they chose him. And so he served as president for four years, uh, but then after he lost re-election, he, he went home and said, I'm not done. I'm going to find another way to fight, and he ran for the House and became a member of Congress. And and, and he had – you know, we talk about one-issue candidates sometimes, especially – you know, we're real involved in the pro-life movement, and so a lot of times a, a state rep or a, a congressman will be called a one-issue candidate. All they care about is is abortion. All they care about is is ending abortion, and and uh, you know that I think that's okay. Sometimes you, that is a a big enough, important enough issue that it's it's worth someone's entire focus. And John Quincy Adams sort sort of felt the same way about slavery. I mean, that was his one issue. He was he was so passionate about ending slavery. 
that he, he got the nickname the Hellhound of Abolition. The Hellhound of Slavery was, was what he was known as. And, I mean, he was like a broken record. He would talk about it all the time, everywhere he went, any chance that he got. When, every chance he got up on the floor to talk about pretty much any bill, he would take a shot against slavery and, and, and talk about why it needed to end. And so the, it got so annoying to the pro-slavery guys in Congress, they actually passed a gag order. They actually shut him up by, by – or thought they were going to shut him up by passing this gag order and saying – all right, John Quincy Adams, you can talk about anything you want, but you can no longer talk about slavery. You cannot talk negatively about slavery on the House floor anymore. And I loved his response to that. He he started he, he thought it through and he said, well, you know, if I do that, they're going to censure me. That was their threat. And so if they censure me, they have to do a censure trial. So they have to actually have a trial in the, on the House floor about why they're censoring me, which means I'll have the chance to talk about how bad slavery is. So he said, go for it, guys. Censor me. So they had you know, censored him, put a gag order on him, but he had the chance to lambast him once again in that uh, in that in that speech. Anyway, he fights like this for years. And I mean, I'm talking over a decade, 13 years of fighting to end slavery without any victories, without any results. And I don't know about you, brother, but I get I get pretty frustrated if I don't get results. I, I'm, I'm my flesh side of me wants to see yeah. that what I'm doing is paying off. You know, I mean, if you're if you're doing something for ten years and getting no results, for me, I, at that point, I'd be going, okay, God's trying to tell me something here. I'm wasting my time. I need to do something different. Not John Quincy Adams, man. He just kept coming back week after week, month after month, and after after you know, thirteen years of this, a reporter comes to him and just think about that for a second. Thirteen years, <laughs> no victories. And this reporter says, what a waste, man. You're wasting your life. You're wasting our time as reporters. You're wasting Congress's time. Why are you wasting everybody's time? And what he said was that phrase that we said earlier and, and, and the one we want people to adopt. Duty is ours. Results are God's. And for him to have that attitude to say, you know what? My duty is to, is to fight for the right thing, to speak truth, uh, to, to, to fight for truth, to, to, to advance truth. And, and whether or not I get a win at the end of the day, whether or not I pass a bill, whether or not I outlaw something that's evil like slavery or in our case fighting for abor- to end abortion today, uh, he said, you know, it doesn't change the fact that I, I can put my head on the pillow at night knowing that I did everything I could, but the results are up to God's and I may not get to see those results. And he didn't. I mean, he fought another four years after that encounter with that reporter. He died in Congress, literally right there on the floor of Congress, never getting to see an end to slavery. But he did get to mentor a kid that was a young congressman that came in and became very close to him. Uh, he, he, it was actually the last two years he was there, and uh, the kid became close enough to him that he was a pallbearer at his funeral. And then the kid goes home, doesn't get reelected, keeps running for different things, and keeps losing every election. And it was another 15 years after that that he finally won an election again, and it was president of the United States. That kid had become Abraham Lincoln, who became president of the United States and implemented what John Quincy Adams had been fighting for all those 17 years with no results. So I, I think that is a great way to live. I think we have to have that attitude, whether we're fighting for religious liberty, whether we're fighting for our Second Amendment rights, whether we're fighting to uphold the Constitution or restore a Republican form of good, whatever the fight is, we got to recognize, man, culture's hard to change. It, it's, it takes time, and, and, and sometimes it takes a life, and you got to be fighting for something that's worth and, you know, your kid getting to enjoy it, even if we don't get to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just like you were saying, that in, um, with Abraham Lincoln, that was a legacy that John Quincy Adams did 
didn't get a chance to see. But um, but he laid the the groundwork and planted the seeds for that to move forward. So that's right. And you know that is a quote that for me I, that I tend to to bring up to people, and it's like I said, it's one of my favorite quotes. And it just it's a quote to calm people. I will hope that because as you mentioned, culture and even you know people that work in elections, especially like it can get really depressing, especially if some you know if your candidate doesn't win. Or, or you know, whatever that's that's going on, it could get really depressing. Yeah. And and to have something like that to really, you know, to understand the sovereignty of God in all things and as, as well as elections. That's right. So now speaking of elections, now so we still got everything going on right now. And so I just want to ask you, on the, you know, how are we looking so far with this just past election? Yeah, you know, and and one more thing I want to say on what you just said before that, and and you know, it's easy to get down and depressed if you don't win the elections, or even like when I was a legislator, when I was in the House, I'd fight passionately for a bill, you know, for something that I really cared about, and like John Quincy Adams, you know, I had a lot of defeats and I and and would not win on that issue, and it was hard for me. I mean, I had to remind myself of John Quincy Adams' attitude constantly because especially when you're in the belly of the beast, I mean, when you're in a legislature or or in Congress. And you're fighting on a daily basis. It's tough, man. I mean, I'm telling you, you're you're constantly being torn down, ridiculed, mocked, you know, all the sarcasm, all that kind of stuff. And you have to you have to keep your eyes on the Lord and on the prize and on what he's calling you to do. And, and, and you know, just being faithful and not have your eyes on the results. And that's that's hard, man. It's hard for me to, to do that. And it's the same way in elections. And and. You know, look, this year was a a crazy year for America. Um, so many things happened that were bad in terms of of you know with COVID, the government actually overstepping its boundaries, watching our liberty being taken away, watching the church be neutered in so many ways, um, and and seeing even now so much of the church is continuing to uh, not be salt and light and 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 to and to literally be sent home um, and and become ineffective in terms of influencing the culture, and so that's. That's a tough year, and then, and then of course the summer and the riots and the and and the and the race baiting that took place and the and the conflict and the uh, the mask versus non-mask. I mean, all of these things have created this tension among our people, and 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 then in the election we felt like you know wow we saw these big rallies and we felt like there was definitely a resurgence of patriotism and a response to to all the things that had happened, um, and then for it to come down as close as it was, and right now. Um, for all of the, you know, media to say, you know, it's over, Biden has won and, and just move on without actually getting an, uh, an opportunity for transparency to actually see and to verify, did he really win? And just the fact that the president, um, is asking for that and that the legal team is, is pushing for those legal remedies for people to say that that's, you know, uh, um, sore loser or treason or all the things that they're claiming is, is, is such a, a, a dishonest disparagement because there's no question. I mean, it's like not even in the realm of possibility um, that they would do anything different. If the shoe was on the other foot, if this was reversed, they absolutely would be wanting to know for sure that Donald Trump yep. had won and that Joe Biden had lost. They would want to verify in every one of these states where it was close or in any state where there were claims of fraud or any irregularities. They would pursue every single one of those. As they should, and as I would encourage them to do, and and absolutely fight for their right to do so, um, you know. I, and I mean, also, I, yeah, go ahead. And, and also, you know, the coverage would be different because, you, you know, if the like, if we flip the script, 
Yep. You know, the the coverage of these press conferences would be on on the nightly news. Yep. Like yep. You will hear all about it from the media. Talk about, well, we need to verify. I yep. mean, it'll be all over with like we have to make sure this is um this, this is correct. We got to do recounts. I mean, I guess to make a joke as far as let's I guess using the 2000 election, if there was just one hanging Chad right. out of this whole 2020 <laughs> election, the media will be talking about let's redo the whole election. <laughs> You are so right, man. That's a great way. I'm stealing that, brother. I'll, I'll give you credit the first time. After that, it's mine. No, I'm telling you, that's exactly the right. You are so, so right. And and everybody knows that, right? It's like nobody, you say that to somebody, nobody says, oh, no, they wouldn't do that. I mean, everybody knows that's exactly what they would do. Um, so it's such a, uh, you know, it's such a lack of intellectual honesty. Uh, well, at least, what well, you know, it, it seems like that's the biggest change to me this year is that truth just does not matter to to a lot of people anymore. Uh, it, it, they 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 literally will say exactly what they know not to be true and expect us to just sit down and, and and shut up. And I I think that's what I would challenge people to do is be a truth seeker and then a truth speaker, you know, and 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 someone that fights for truth. That's what I think is really on trial in America. We we, we the moral relativism has taken over. In fact, I'm writing an article right now, Is Truth Dead in America? And of course, I don't believe it is, but I believe they're trying to kill it. And it's going to take everyone that cares about truth, that, that cares about actually getting to an actual answer and something that actually works, um, has to start standing up and fighting for that. And, and I say that you, you see that not only in the election and the and the not caring that, that there was cheating and fraud or not caring that the rules were broken, but also the whole COVID thing, just the dishonesty with how it's been presented to the American people and, and used as a political weapon, um, uh, the, the, the censoring and, and the shutdown of, of science, of actually preventing any any science. I mean, we're talking the highest level professionals, epidemiologists and doctors and people like that being silenced. I never thought I would see that. It's just it's just embarrassing and, and it's scary. I mean, it is it's it's literally like out of a dystopian novel or or, or you know, everybody's saying it's Orwellian. Well, it is. I mean, this is George Orwell's nightmare. This is 1984 uh, happening right now in front of our eyes. And I think that only changes with people like you and people like me and, and all the people listening right now saying, I'm not going to leave it up to those guys. I'm going to do it myself as well at Thanksgiving dinner, at Christmas with my friends and family and relatives on Facebook or hopefully moving over to MeWe and, and Parlor and these other places where free speech is still allowed. Uh, but it's it's got to change, man. I mean, it, you are yeah. so right. If you flip the script, they would be doing far more than what we're doing right now. Hey guys, this is Morgan Zegers, the founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. We are a nonprofit organization working to preserve a free, fair, and prosperous America for generations to come, all by equipping our generation with the truth about socialism. If you are interested in watching our educational videos, donating to the cause, joining the Ask Coalition, or becoming a contributor, you can do all of these things at fightsocialism.org. We hope you'll join us in this crucial fight for the future of our great country. Thanks! Commentary as subtle as a sledgehammer. This is Trend Chat. And, you know, as far as when it comes to COVID, I know you mentioned, you know, during the uh, last week, you know, I mean, you know about COVID personally from your own family. I do, too. I mean, I had family members that um, had COVID as well. But at the same time, just like you mentioned, and I've mentioned before on, on this podcast, is that, Yes, the virus is real. The, the virus is deadly, but also the agenda to use it for power and control is also real as well. And everything that's been going on is 
a overreaction yes, to yes. what is going on. And that's, that's something that you mentioned, too. Yeah, that's exactly the right word, too. I mean, it's it's a disproportionate response. And, and when I say disproportionate, I mean like a thousand to one disproportionate. There's no doubt. Uh, deadly disease nearly killed my dad. I mean, we really thought we were going to lose him. And and uh, it was a long battle. He's still, in fact, uh, you know, fighting back to get to full health. But, you know, thankfully found a good, a, a wonderful uh, doctor in Dallas that, that did um, prescribe hydroxychloroquine. That was the secret for him, that that whole zinc hydroxychloroquine combo. And, and, and so, you know, it, it is real, man. There's no doubt about it. But it is such a small percentage of people that are susceptible to this, um, that, that to, to shut down an entire nation, to change everything about our culture. I mean, these, what, what's happening is the socialists and the communists, they know, they never miss an opportunity. And they know they're able to use this now to com- drastically, completely change our way of life. And that is not an exaggeration. I mean, in March, when people would say that, I was like, eh, I don't think that, there's no way the American people are going to let that happen. We'll, we'll see the data. We'll see, you know, when, when public gatherings happen. Then it will shock everybody out, you know, to realize that you can survive this. It's not going to kill everybody. And man, I'm just shocked. I'm the one shocked that that you know we've watched. I mean, I I went and spoke at rallies in May up in Chicago, and we had hundreds and hundreds of people. And so they, you know, nobody died, nobody got sick. And after that, I thought that'll wake people up. And then you had all the all the protests in in June, late May and June, and I thought tens of thousands of people in the streets. Shoulder to shoulder, surely that's going to wake everybody out of out of the COVID thing, and it's just like it doesn't happen. I mean, it's like the next day, you know. I mean, even even after the election, yeah. they had all their election celebrations, and the very same mayors and governors that are telling us to stay home and and can't gather with anyone outside our home and can't even have our family over for Thanksgiving, we're out there celebrating and shouting and dancing in the streets with thousands of people. The hypocrisy is unbelievable. And that the hypocrisy doesn't surprise me. What surprises me is that the American people aren't bothered by the hypocrisy. They aren't waking up to yeah. it. That's the part yeah. that's got to change. Yeah, and you know, um, so before we go on, I just wanted to I want to ask you one um, one thing from one of your lectures from last week, and because I didn't get the Bible verse that you mentioned. So in talking about the election, and you mentioned about there was a verse where it comes. Uh, about ability to lead and you use the Bible verse. Uh, I don't know if I'm, if you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. We talked about, um, how to, how to choose good leaders and what, what is kind of the biblical yeah. description of, of sort of the character traits of a good leader. And, and Exodus 18:21 has a great four pronged, um, description. And, and I used to do, I even used to do a blog where I would take candidates and kind of analyze them on these four things. And, um, it, it, it's a real easy process. It basically says you got to choose able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. So you got four, four basic tests. Number one, are they just capable of doing the job? Is, is this a, and I think we're even where it says able men, I think in our culture today, that's men and women, obviously. And there's some of our best leaders in the country are, are, are women. So I think this applies uh, to both without question. Are, but are they capable? You know, can they, first of all, are they, are they capable of winning the election? And then are they capable of governing effectively? And so measure them on their, you know, what have they done in their life that shows that they're capable of that? Um, if you're, if you're getting close to the election, how have they done? Are they, are they polling well? Did they raise enough money to be competitive? I mean, all of those things are factors that just strategically we have to think about when we choose to vote for somebody. And, and then are they honest? You know, are, are they somebody that, that if they're a typical politician that will lie to your face and tell you anything, that they think is necessary to get your vote, then obviously that's not who we want. 
Are they willing to actually say tough things to you? Are they willing to speak truth to you even when it hurts, even even when they say, hey, you know what? That's not a problem government should solve for you. That's something you got to solve for yourself. That type of honesty is desperately needed in our country today at every level of government. Um, you know, do they hate covetousness? In other words, do they hate bribes? Do they hate the perks? Are they willing to say, I'm not going to the legislature or to city council so that people will praise my name and say good things about me and invite me to their parties and get the shrimp and caviar and all that stuff? Instead, are they saying, hey, I'm willing to sacrifice time for my family. I'm going to lose money because I'm not going to be able to work as much to go do this job. I'm going to take a pay cut to do it. That's the kind of mindset and attitude we're we're looking for in, in, in that, and that's, you know, that's critical. And then, and most importantly, do they fear God? Do they have some sort of worldview that says freedom comes from God, not government, not from our neighbors. It comes from God, and there's a respect for the authority of God. They don't have to have even the same, you know, certainly not the same denomination you might have, and, and, and maybe not even necessarily um, the exact same faith. Like, I would gladly support a Jewish candidate that clearly believes in God, doesn't believe in Christ like I do, uh, but they believe in God, they believe in the God of the Bible, and they believe in those biblical um, uh, um, uh, instructions on how society should be formed, I'll gladly support that person even if they don't share my faith e- exactly. So that's kind of a, the, the guideline. Are they able? Do they fear God? Are they honest? And do they hate covetousness? Or do they hate bribes? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that's why I was wondering, because, I, I, like, I remember you saying that during the lecture, it was just the Bible verse in particular. So I was like, okay, yeah, I, I want to make sure I, um, I asked you about that. Now, from the people that are listening now, and I keep mentioning about, okay, last week or mentioning about this course. So, so if people that don't know, so I went to Harumph, Nevada. Did I say that correct? Yeah, been, Pahrump. Yeah, <laughs> Pahrump. So I went to Pahrump, Nevada, which is like an hour north of Las Vegas. And I participated in a constitutional defense course. And I, you know, I was able to go there for five days and had a great time as far as learning uh, firearm training and learning about the Constitution. So now that I have you on, you could tell everyone about this course. Oh, man, I was so glad you were there, too. I, 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 um, I have more fun doing this class, I think, than anything else we do. We do a lot of different constitution trainings and, 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 you know, opportunities for people to learn about the history of the country. But this one, this, this combination of both studying the constitution and getting that, that intellectual ammunition, if you will, that intellectual knowledge to defend our way of life and, and the, and the re- representative Republican form of government that we have, um, combining that with the physical training of learning how to use a handgun, learning how to defend our families, uh, is just, it's just fun, man. There's a magical combination there. And, uh, the chance to have fellowship with, with like-minded folks that care about the country, that love the Lord, that love, um, you know, studying these things. It's just, it's just awesome. Um, so we had, we brought about 250 with us last week. Uh, they had another, you know, five or 600 on site uh, at front site. They have other classes that they, that they do as well. And uh, and we've been doing that every month, taking about 200 to 250 with us and doing that class. And as you saw, you know, it was kind of like a respite from the rest of craziness around <laughs> around the world. We got to, you know, didn't have to social distance and you could wear a mask if you wanted or you were if you're in that category that's susceptible to covid, then you should uh, do those things. But it was it was freedom man. everybody got to live in freedom for a week and and just have a fantastic time. And, and we do it for about a tenth of what the normal cost is that that particular course. 
um, is a couple thousand bucks on Frontside's website. We do it for a couple hundred bucks, and so we have a great relationship with them. They give us these huge discounts, so you get to do it for way, way less, plus you get the Constitution training and the great fellowship, and we do all of that. It's all available at patriotacademy.com. If you go to our main website and click on uh, at the top, there's a button for constitutional defense, but the main website is patriotacademy.com. I'm telling you, man, it, you know, I mean, you experienced it, and it's something you want to do more than once. It's just, it's just a fun time, but more importantly, you come home, you, you think differently, you look, you walk differently, you know, you sit differently in restaurants. I mean, you're much more aware of what's going on around you, and you're, and you're much more prepared to, you know, hopefully it never happens, but if the wolf comes knocking, you want to make sure you're the sheepdog that can defend your family. Yep, exactly. And, you know, um, I'm a I'm an old Boy Scout, so I'm all about, you know, be prepared. So. That's right. That's right. So, so I know you, um, you only have a little bit of time left. So I just wanted to give you the opportunity, as you just mentioned, Patriot Academy. And so if people want to know what is Patriot Academy and also given the fact in the intro, I said America's Constitution coach, you also have uh, people if they want to even to have these classes. To be a constitution coach, I mean, I guess you put both of those together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, the thing is you don't have to know anything about the Constitution or history to be one of our coaches. We provide all the material and the expertise. I teach the class in Independence Hall where the Constitution was framed, so it's, it's a really fun way to learn these things. This is not your typical boring government class. We make it fun and exciting. Comedian Brad Stein uh, joins us on some of it. So it's just it's a fun way to learn, and anybody can participate, and we give this away for free, so it's all free at constitutioncoach.com. You can sign up to be a coach and host the class in your living room or your church or your library, wherever, um, and provide it to others for free as well. So we're real excited about that program. There's a there's a hunger out there. People want to know more. Um, they want to know how we save the country, and they're looking for action steps. What can they do? And so we set that up so that anybody listening right now, you can be the catalyst for a restoration of biblical values and constitutional principles by being a Constitution coach. If you'd like to just test it out and see what it's like to be in one of our classes, we're doing a live class on Monday nights right now with 15,000 people around the country, largest Constitution class in history. And it's not too late. We've only had one one class, just just had the first one. You can join at any time, even if you join on the last week. But we're going to do it every Monday night for six weeks straight, and you can join that at constitutioncoach.com as, as well. And then last thing I'll say is, is Patriot Academy, we have a youth leadership program for 16 to 25-year-olds where they live the life of a legislator. We, we go into state capitals around the country, and they serve on the real house floor in the real committee room. They learn the process, but at the same time they're learning the process, they're learning the historical uh, perspective. They're getting a good constitution grounding and a good biblical worldview of what makes a, a neighborhood and a society, a state, a nation, what makes it prosper, what makes it the kind of place you want to live and raise your kids. And so those young people in that 16 to 25 age range they're learning that at that pivotal point in their life where they're trying to figure out, what do I really believe? Not what does mom and dad believe now, but what do I believe? It's a great time for them to cement that that foundation in a good way and then go out and be leaders in whatever arena that God calls calls them to. we got graduates that are in government serving as legislators and, and working as staff at legislatures across the country. But we got tons of graduates that are making movies and TV shows, doing blogs, doing doing podcasts like you're doing. I mean, just whatever they can do to influence the culture. Some of them are in business. They're in the pulpit. They're, they're all over the culture. So you don't have to want to be in politics to enjoy Patriot Academy or Constitution Coach. It's really just if you want to be a good citizen, if you want to be a part of the yep. solution, then come join us. Yep. And so if people want to contact you on um, uh, social media, where would it go? 
Uh, on social media, they can join us at uh, we're on Parlor now and Mayway, MeWe, whatever they call it, Moo Moo. Um, and then we're also at uh, we got on, on Facebook. It's uh, Patriot Rick Green is is what you want to look for on on Facebook. And then on uh, all the other um, uh, social media outlets, look for Constitution Coach. And uh, on on Parlor especially, we're really moving in uh, on to Parlor and, and going to try to make that our main place to uh, to be uh, getting the voice out there. But we're really doing them all because. You know, at this point, with the with the censorship on Facebook and Twitter, um, I think there's probably going to be a lot of different companies crop up in the next few years, and so we're going to try to be everywhere we can and and let the market decide who's going to be the next big boy. All right, Rick, thanks so much for your time. You bet. Thanks for having me. What's going on? It's Brandon Tatum, and you're listening to Trench Chat. All right, so thanks to Rick Green for joining us, and hopefully we'll have him back on um, again. Uh, we have really went into overtime in this sense i guess um in the i guess because uh being over an hour but we're gonna we're at the end pretty much at the end but i do want to mention about uh, what just happened recently with um uh, had the texas try to appeal to the supreme court about the about the 2020 election and you had a number of states and a number of uh, U.S. representatives in support for that um, for that lawsuit, and quite I guess just go ahead and say I guess it just it was rejected. No point of really getting into all the details, but it was rejected, and there have been since last episode there have been a, a number of other um, lawsuits, another. Uh, appeals and all of that that have um, been either um, just overturned or just didn't haven't gone to um, the Trump campaign's um, way. So at this point, with that, I mean, we have the electors of, uh, that are going to meet on Monday, and so we're pretty much pretty at the pretty close to the reality of a Biden Harris administration. And I would just, just, I would just say this, you know, similar to the Obama administration, uh, a Biden-Harris administration, along with thousands of empowered government bureaucrats, as I mentioned earlier, you know, from federal to local, they're going to spend every hour, just like I said, just like the Obama administration, they're going to spend every hour seeking more control to expand government with more bureaucracy and stripping away more freedom from its citizens and again you know so many are accepting this peaceful slavery of increasing socialism in our country because uh, like again because they fear freedom really so i mean all of the stuff about the election as far as whether you know voter integrity voter fraud and whatever it's going on you know the thing about all of this it's uh, it's being talked about right now, but unfortunately, no one really care about any of these issues until either right before or right after an election. And a lot of these things that are uh, that are brought up, they are issues that has to be <laughs> like they have to be worked out and over a course of years or, or at least months to either change whatever voting system or whatever 
a mechanism that you have. Those things take time, but people don't really pay attention to all the, all this that goes on years prior or months prior to the election. And then when, if it, then when they realize, okay, this doesn't really work or this has this many holes in it and all these uh, opportunities for fraud and all that, um, it's a little late, especially afterwards, but even like right before, this is stuff you have to be paying attention to throughout like, like years. So if you're talking about 2024, you need to be doing stuff now up to 2024 as far as anything to do with the election or how it's going to be um, uh, uh, played out and all that. All this stuff has to be paid attention to now. But unfortunately, people, not enough people are going to be wanting to really talk about that because they want to talk about other things. Um, and I mean, unfortunately, I feel like you can't walk and chew gum at the same time. You can't worry about your, your own economy or worry, worry about your own self, but you also can't, like you can't even think about trying to do anything when it comes to voter fraud until it's too late or voter integrity or for a voter ID or whatever like that. So anyway, <clears throat> so I'm all right, I'm not about to go into another rant. So, um, um, but I definitely want to make sure this time, cause I don't think we did. So we're going to get into these. Yep. <laughs> get into these locations. I have not, I think I missed out last time. So right quick, as far as the cities go, Got Spring Hill, Florida, Vernay, Netherlands, Baton, Texas, Cedar Park, Texas, Dallas, Texas. Okay, this is a new one. It's in Poland, but it's Gora Kalawaria, Poland. So appreciate whoever in Poland listening. Um, and Lincoln, Nebraska, Greer, South Carolina. Los Angeles, California, and Arlington, Texas. Yeah, I mean, it should be. I live in Arlington. It should be number one. <laughs> uh, as far as countries go, uh, I don't think we've seen Colombia before, but we have Colombia, Netherlands, Argentina, and, uh, well, in Poland. And uh, obviously at the top is the United States. Uh, I'm surprised I don't see India on here. Huh. What happened to my India people? <laughs> like, it was all over here. I don't, I don't see them at all on this one. I'm disappointed. Then again, if they're not listening, I guess they don't hear this. But come back, people of India. But so, yeah, all right, cut that off. <laughs> we got to go. So, um, thank you for listening. Uh, you know, I if you've been listening to this whole time, thank you. And, you know, all of this time for ever since 2017, I appreciate you listening. Tell people about it, like, share, subscribe, and all those good things. And one thing, um, I definitely hope by the, after the end of this episode, because we are right at 10,000 downloads for this podcast, which, you know, I mean, for me, that's awesome. I mean, 10,000 downloads, that's, I mean, it, it is for me, that's just great. Like I've, I mentioned before, the fact that I have one download is still, you know, bring chills in the sense of someone else actually paying attention to listen to this ranting truck driver talk for about an hour about politics and some other stuff. Maybe didn't even talk about Mandalorian, which, you know, but yeah, I didn't even get that. I'm not going to get in that because we are like 75 minutes in. So, but I do want to leave with one quote. 
and kind of in the in the sense of kind of summing up as far as um, what we've been talking about in this particular episode. So, so the quote goes like this: "Good intentions will always be pleaded for every assumption of, of authority. It is hardly too strong to say that the Constitution." was made to guard the people against the dangers of good intentions. There are men in all ages who mean to govern well, but they mean to govern. They promise to be good masters, but they mean to be masters. And that was by Daniel Webster. So as we get closer to seems like a Biden administration, I'll just go with that. But, um, Thank you for listening, and again, until next time, we'll chat with you later. Whether your kids are taking notes or passing them, reading textbooks or sending texts, there will still be lots to see this school year. And that's why Pearl Vision wants to help you ensure they see it all. So they're covering the out-of-pocket cost or your insurance copay for your eye exam. Schedule your family's eye exams at pearlvision.com. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 1031-2021. Exams available at the independent doctors of optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. Minute Maid slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just 2 bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company.